Man, what an amazing Savior that we serve. It is good to be in church together this morning. Amen? Look at someone and say, it's good to see you this morning. I'm so glad to be here with each and every one of you, and I'm excited about today. It's going to be a very good day. Hey, if you would, just stay standing for a minute as uh, we're going to read the Word here in just a second, and we'd like to stay standing just as we honor God's Word. What a privilege to be able to preach this morning and to be here. Thank you, Taylor. And to be part of Summit Church. My name's Scotty, and I'm just on the staff here, and we've been here for uh, about two weeks, and um, it's just such a blessing to us to be here with the team. And we there's such a great team here at Summit Church. Amen? And, and we're led by great pastors, Pastor David and Janae Gadbury, friends of ours. We love them so much. And uh, and so I'm just, I'm thankful. I'm just thankful to be on the team. And I say that with a, a sincerity. Uh, it's, been a, it's been a few years since I've been able to just have daily interaction with team, working together. And man, it feels so good. It feels so good. Well, and I'm excited about today. I, I want to say welcome to everybody to church today. If you're if you're new with us, this is your first time. Maybe you're here in person, or maybe you're actually watching online. We are so thankful that you would come be part of Summit Church this morning. Yeah, I even give them a hand if you would. That's awesome. We're so thankful for you. We are so thankful that you would do that. And and uh, listen, we would love to get to know you if, if you're new with us. And we're not going to harass you or anything like that, but we would like to just reach out and connect with you and say thank you for coming. And so if, you, if you're new with us, uh, we ask that you would do this, that you would get your phones out. If you have, you know, permission, grab your phones right now and uh, text next one. You're going to text next one to 94090. Is that correct? Is that the right? It is, 94090. I remembered it. Uh, even though I'm approaching 50, my memory's still strong. Someone say amen. And... Um, I used to think 50 was old. Now I'm like, man, 50's just getting started. Can I get an amen? And all the 50-year-olds said amen. All right. And, uh, but, yes, please, if you're new with us, text next one to 94090, and we're just going to connect with you and just uh, thank you for coming and give you some instruction in case you, have, you want more information about Summit Church. Oh, well, today we are uh, we're continuing in the series, Starting Strong. And uh, man, if you haven't got to uh, check out the first uh, few few messages in the series from Pastor David, I would encourage you to go do that. You can do that on our YouTube channel, or you can do that on Facebook. You can go watch those, share those with somebody else. I promise you, it will minister to them. But a scripture text that we've been we've been sticking with is is in Hebrews chapter 12. So you can turn there, or look there, or look up on the screen. As we're going to jump into the Word of God today in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. It says this, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And I like this, it says, And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. 
I just love that it says run with perseverance or run with strength. God is actually has, has called us to run this race, this life, to do it with perseverance and strength. And I know this, that I believe one of the keys to being able to do this successfully and run with the strength that God has called us to run with is, is that one of the keys is who we run with. Who are we picking to run this race with? We need people that we can count on and people that we can, that we can run together with, but there's even someone greater than just people. And so today, if you, if you like to have a title and you want to put a title to the message, the title is Run With Jesus. Run With Jesus. So let's pray and get into this. I'm so excited. Let's set our faith. Father, we thank you that we get to, to be partners with you. God, we get to read your word. We get to apply your word. But greater than anything, your whole word points to Jesus. Everything we do and everything we are should be about you, Jesus. We need your presence because your presence changes us. So I pray today as I would preach that, Holy Spirit, you would have your way, that I would hear from you, and that all of our ears would be open to receive. Lord, we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Have a seat. Man, what a good morning. Thank you, Hannah. You know, uh, I was thinking, obviously, about the topic of run, and I if we know that some people are just kind of naturally built to run, they kind of have this, they just can go run. I mean, they're just, it's, it seems effortless for them. Maybe you've seen people running, like you're like, they just are, they look like they're enjoying themselves. It looks so effortless. I have run at different times in life, but I don't feel like it's ever been quite that easy for me. I remember in the, uh, in the seventh grade when um, we, I, I jumped into track and field in the seventh grade, my motive was really to be able to get out of school. I don't know if any of you guys know what I'm talking about, but you would get out of school for track meets, and most time they would last all day. And I was definitely more focused on the field part for many reasons. I wasn't built to run. I'm not fast. I can't jump. I'm really not that athletic, but I could, you know, do some field events like shot and disc. And you got to go to this track meet, and you would. My events were in the first part of the day, so literally I had nothing else to do all day except just watch people run, and I was out of school. I mean, that's a win-win. And so I remember I would throw the shot and disc, but then one meet we went to, and there was, there were, uh, there was, there was, they didn't have shot and disc. It was like, I didn't know this till we got there, and then the coach decided since they didn't have that, we were going to run the mile run. Now, for many of you, the mile run, you're like, that's nothing, mile run, I can do that easy. But for a short, what I prefer to say, stout kid in the seventh grade, it was challenging. And, but I had a partner with me, and his name was Jacob, and Jacob was, was we both threw the shot and disc together, and I thought, well, maybe least Jacob and I can run together, and if maybe I can beat him, maybe it'll be a tie, at least I know I have someone in this mile run that we can, we can do this together, and, and so we did this mile run, and I remember that, uh, like, we, I made it through about two laps, and I, I couldn't, I didn't know where Jacob was, and I thought, my, the only person I thought that we could stay side by side, this guy's already, he must be way ahead of me. I don't know what's going on. You know, I was just, it was crazy. So the third lap, I look, because if you don't know, four laps around a track is the mile. And I look, and Jacob's standing on the side of the track. He quit. He quit like the third lap. And so I felt like I was all alone. Thank God for miracles. I finished the race. But my friend Jacob was a horrible running partner. Come on. 
Some of you know you've had partners. You're just like, hey, we're going to work out together. We're going to do this. And then you, like in the morning, you're like, you ready to go work out? They're like, hey, why don't we just, why don't we do it tomorrow? Come on. How, you know. You know what I'm talking about. But then later, later in life, I had a, I had a friend, a, a great friend, his name, and we're still friends today. His name's Paul. And, and Paul and I, uh, we did a lot of stuff together. We were in a small group together years and years ago. And so uh, we decided we were going to run and start running and, and run a marathon together. And so we had run some a little bit at that time and had started running. And uh, so I remember we got our, we got our, uh, we printed off our, you know, our, our six, I think it was a 16 week uh, training that we did or 18 week. And it told you how many miles to run each day and how many, and then you had long runs on the weekend to help you prepare. But I remember Paul and I would meet up and we had this, we had this uh, course that we ran. It was a four-mile uh, lap, and we run that quite often together. And it was actually it kind of went around the the University of Oklahoma, and um, and we ran that together. We lived in that area at the time, and and I just remember that we had such good times running. You're like, I don't know how you could do that. I understand, but I remember conversations and just the the bonding that took place. And I don't think I would have ever made it. Through that, we ended up doing the marathon, but I don't think I ever could have made it without Paul. I know this for sure. It wouldn't, wouldn't have been near as much fun uh, if I would have had to do this thing alone. And, you know, I, I think about uh, what we're reading here and what we're reading in Hebrews and what Paul is talking about. Paul is talking about a different type of race. He is talking about a, uh, a race that, that is not just in our flesh and blood. That's not just about our physical attributes. Because if we're honest, uh, we all have different physical attributes that lend itself to certain things and to being successful in certain things. Not that we can't overcome, but, but we're just built a certain way. But Paul is talking about a spiritual journey. He's talking about a run, and he's talking about a race that is beyond just our physical attributes. It's beyond just our flesh and blood. But he's talking about uh, a race that is a, a spiritual journey. He's talking about a different type of thing, one that actually we can, all, we can all come to a place of success in. Because when we choose to surrender our lives to Jesus Christ, there is literally a supernatural thing that happens, a miracle that takes place in us where we are transformed. You know, I believe that God is still a miracle-working God. He does miracles today. But I hope that we never forget that the greatest miracle is the miracle that when someone that doesn't know Jesus and is dead in their trespass and their sin, when they confess Him as Lord and believe that He rose again, that a, a change takes place. Amen? When it says the old is gone and the new has come, it is the greatest miracle that takes place. And literally when that happens, our spiritual DNA is changed where God has now created us to win. He has transformed who we are. And we can't win without Jesus. We can do some good things here on earth, but literally when we surrender our life to Him, we should have a different perspective of eternity. We are running a race that is now an eternal race. We were running it before we didn't know, but now we don't just live for this earth. We have a hope that is actually even beyond this earth, right? We have a hope that is in heaven. We have an eternal hope. So we're now running this race with Jesus Christ, the, the one that has given us victory. 
And with Him, no matter where we come from, no matter what we look like, no, no matter how many issues we have, no, how, no matter how many mistakes that we've made, we have a hope that is beyond ourselves, and we all can win. We all can experience victory. We all have this, this journey that we're on together. That's what Jesus does. And I love that Paul actually reminds us that Jesus intends for us to, to, to run this race. He actually, as we read in what Paul wrote, he prepared us to run. He actually created uh, us to run. And he is asking us to run for him. That's what he's asking us to do. You're like, well, I'm not much of a runner. Well, if you can just imagine your spiritual man and woman and not just your physical self, you are a runner. Amen? That's, that's how God has created you, to run this race. You can do this. And Paul reminds us, but I, I think what happens often in life is that we forget why we're running. Or we forget who we're running for. And it's so easy for, for just what we're doing to, be, to, to, to turn into things just for self. Look at what I can do. Look at how I did. And we can become very self-promoting if we're not careful. And when we look, we're wanting the advancement of self and what we want. Instead of, and we lose sight of Jesus and what he would have for us. It's easy to do. Amen? But in the... But, we got to remember that we don't just do things for ourselves. We actually are surrendering our life over to Jesus Christ. I don't know if you, you remember the movie Miracle. I, I, like, I like all sp sports stuff. I, I'm in, into all of it. And in the movie Miracle, it's about the, the U.S. hockey team in, the, in 1980 and how, they, and how they overcome all these odds. I love the movie. Do you believe in miracles? Okay, anyway. And... Uh, and in that movie, there's a scene where he has them do all these, like, uh, these skating, what we used to call suicides in, in, in basketball. And uh, you have to go back and forth, and they're skating, and they keep going. And he'll stop every once in a while, and he'll say, you know, he'll call someone out and say, who are you skating for? And they'll say, my name's such and such. I'm from the University of uh, Michigan. I'm, I'm skating for the University of Michigan. And they'll keep skating, and they'll keep doing this. And it's very, he's trying to get them to join together as a team. And finally, one person's breathing so hard and can't hardly keep their head up. And they say, I, I'm skating for the U.S. of A. And they remember that they are a team coming together. And it's like, oh, yeah. And you get all pumped up. And I think at times we have to remember that we're part of a lar lot larger team. We don't run for just self. It's not about the, our name being lifted up. It's about the name of Jesus being lifted up. Amen. Yeah, thank God. We want Jesus' name to be lifted up. Jesus ran his race so that we can be strong with him and we can glorify him and not glorify ourselves. He should get the credit, right? He should get the glory. That's part of being strong is understanding that we have to grab a hold of Jesus and we can't let go of him. We have to be with him. We have to be connected with him. You want to be strong in your walk with Jesus. Doesn't it make sense that we would actually stay connected to Jesus? Amen. You know, I love Pastor David said this just a, uh, maybe last week or the week before. It's so funny uh, in our in our just in our life, like in our physical life, we see that that maturity comes when you become independent, right? Amen. We had we had our twenty three year old son 
just got married about three weeks ago. And like now, like he's leaving Cleve. You know, come on. Some people never do that. But anyway, that's a different message. Leave and cleave. So we, I found out that as parents, you also have to let go. I was like, oh, this is hard, man. I mean, it was hard for me, but talk to my wife. That was a whole different story. And, and so there was a letting go that had to take place because he is becoming de- dependent. My, my daughter, she's a, a kids pastor at a church in Oklahoma, and she's now living on her own. And it's like, Oh my gosh, it's just, it's hard to, to let go because they are maturing and growing up. They are becoming independent. But we are never, ever meant to become independent as Christians. The sign of spiritual maturity is you actually become more dependent on Jesus. You actually come to a place where you're like, there is no way I can ever make it or do what I'm supposed to do or run this race without Jesus. That's what it's about, being strong. Jesus ran this race for us. It's not in us that we become strong. It's not in us because we're not there to boast. It's only in Jesus. Let, let me read Ephesians chapter 2. As Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus, and, and he, he tells them this. He wants to remind them about, about who they are and who really should receive the glory for the work that is done in our lives. Ephesians 2, 8 through 10. Here's what it reads. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. He deserves all the glory. I want to reread Hebrews 12, 1-3 because we've been sticking with this and I want this to stay in our hearts. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders And the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, or some would say, or some versions say author, and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The Apostle Paul is actually writing to the church. He's writing to those who have decided to give their life to Christ. He's writing to Christians. But I want you to know today that if you're here today or you're watching online and you're not a Christian, I want you to understand we are so thankful that you are here and we we welcome you into this place. And I also want you to know that we have no secret little indicators at the door that mark you where, where you come in and you're like, I feel like they know who I am. I have no clue. So it's not like a little light shining on you. That's the lost one. That's the lost one. No, that's not how it is. But if you're not a Christian, here's what I want you to understand. That as a Christian, we are no better than you. We have just decided to surrender our life to Jesus and run this race for Him. So I understand as a Christian. I I want us as Christians to have patience with those that don't know Christ because they don't understand why we do what we do, right? I mean, have have you ever thought about it that the race looks a lot different from in the race than if you're standing on the sides or if you're in the stands? Like, why do you raise your hands? That seems weird. Why do you give? Why, why do you serve for nothing? You're serving for no money whatsoever? I mean, it doesn't make sense to them and to people that don't know Christ, but we want to have an open door where we say, come in, let us just hear the good news, and we believe God will change you. But what Paul is writing to here is Christians. 
And he's writing to Christians and he's saying that he's reminding us of what it's supposed to be about in Hebrews and what we're supposed to set our eyes on and that we're supposed to run this journey. It's about the, the, to remind us that everything in our life, the whole journey that we have, the whole race is about Jesus. See, the race is much more about who we are with than what we do. The cool thing is, is that who we're with changes what we do, but that's not the goal. The goal of Christianity is not to do all the right things. You're like, are you sure? Are you sure it's not? I'm positive the goal is to get so close to Jesus that we become one and that we do what is on his heart and we know what he says to do. That's the goal. That's the purpose. It's about relationship first. If you're, if you're a, uh, one of the people that are like, well, I thought it was about the checklist of what the do's and don'ts. You know, those things can be beneficial, but it's about relationship. You know what I love about thinking about that Jesus is the one that it's all about? We're not even the author of our own journey. Did we read what Hebrews says? It says, it says that Jesus said, I am the author. I am the perfecter. And you thought you were the one that were making the decisions. If so, you need to let go of the reins. Listen, I know we have some control freaks in the house. I'm one of them. I, tell, I used to tell my family, there's a right way to do things, and it's my way. Thank God Shelly has a lot of patience. Amen? 28 years, and I, you know she is kind of honing me now into what I should be. Thank God. But... But he is the author and the perfecter of our faith. You know, when I did run for a season there, and we'd have these long run, training runs, and they'd be in the teens, and uh, I remember I would, there was a little, it was a, I think it was called uh, uh, Google Maps Pedometer, I think it's what it was. And I would, you could click on all these points, and you could map out how many miles you did and you would do that instead of just going out and just running so you'd map out this little map and and then uh, you'd get that ready so you'd go map out the course that you were supposed to run you wanted to do that or it would just be crazy but here's what's amazing Jesus has already mapped out your course it says that right it says the it says the the race he marked out for you Jesus marked out a race and a course for you and he's asking that you follow him. You know, we hear a lot of people say, hey, do your thing. Write your own story. Make it happen. Well, I don't believe that's even what we should do as Christians. I say that Jesus writes our story. And when we run with him side by side, we more clearly see what he's asked us to do. It's not in our independence and it's our dependence on him. Jesus, show me what to do. Give me direction. God, you know, I think we forget at times, we need to go back and read the book of Acts, how they would literally be led day by day. And Jesus has written a story for us that he can lead us in the moment, but he's also given us the word of God to be directed and guided by. See, the same Jesus that saved us at the beginning is the same Jesus that strengthens us as we run. It starts with him, and it ends with him. That's why we need to run with Jesus. You know how you become a stronger runner? You run. You're like, you watch it on TV? <laughs> no, you run. I wish that would. <laughs> Man, I didn't exercise yesterday, but I watched about an hour of some basketball. I felt good. Shelly and I live on the, uh, I, we, we haven't exercised since we've been here. It's been about two weeks. 
And, uh, and, but I've eaten so much food. I've eaten so many breakfast burritos. It's not even, I mean, it's, guys, pray for my gluttony. I mean, and um, I'm just enjoying it. I love breakfast burritos. I'm like, oh, let's try this place. And, um, and so we live on the fourth floor. And I was like, let's just take the stairs. And I thought she was going to have to carry me into the, I was like, why am I breathing so hard? What's wrong with me? And, uh, you know, so it's, it's, it's funny. The way you become a stronger runner is you run. And I want you to imagine that what if you loved running and you had the opportunity to train and run with the best runner? The best runner in the world. That was the opportunity you had to learn from them. I think at times we forget Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world. He is the master of the universe. I don't know, I just thought about He-Man. He's better than He-Man. And She-Ra. Okay, anyway, old school. He's the creator of all things. He has given His life for us. And we come to this place where we surrender our life to Him. But then often we choose to do our own thing. So we surrendered for a moment, but we really didn't turn everything over to Him. We really didn't surrender everything to Him. We want to take the reins back up. For some reason, often we even preach this, or at least allude to this, and as Christians we think often that salvation is the, is the culmination, it's the end point. But can I tell you that salvation is just the start. But because before we gave our life to Jesus Christ, we were running in vain. We didn't even know what life was all about. But in a moment, He saves us and changes us and transforms us. And now we know why we run. And I pray that we not only do it at the very beginning, but we realize that we start out strong with Him, and we should keep running with Him. He is our strength. So we have access to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We have access to the Savior of the world. We have access to the one that heals the brokenhearted, that binds up our wounds, miraculously saves us. Come on. We have access to Jesus Christ. Why in the world would we ever choose not to go with Him day in and day out? Amen. We can thank God together. Yes. So imagine now that you can run with Jesus. He said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. So side by side, step by step, we get in rhythm. He's coaching us. He's training us. Because if you didn't know, Christianity is kind of on-the-job training. Because you don't always know what you're signing up for, right? I'm just going to tell you, it's not easy. We say that sometimes. Oh, you know, just pray the prayer, confess and believe. Oh, you're saved and it's easy. No. There's still difficulty. There's still thing that come, things that come our way. It's like watching a baby learn to walk. You know how they do it? They walk. They stumble over things. They pull themselves up on things. And I can tell you that our run with Jesus isn't always going to be easy. We're going to have pitfalls. We're going to have uh, things that we're going to have to run up hills. We're going to have to run into the wind, which I hate with a passion. But we're going to have to do all these things. And I think at times we think that the reason we do all those things is so that we can grow strong in ourselves. It's not. 
The reason we do those things is so that Jesus can use those to say, trust me and look at me and I'll get you through those things. I can show you the best way to run up a hill. I can show you all these different things. I can show you how to run into the wind because he is coaching us and he is directing us and he is guiding us. It's not so that we draw strength in ourselves. It's so that we can be with him. Did you know even the the tools that we have for Christian living, reading the Bible, praying, worshiping, uh, fellowshipping with one another, getting in small groups, which you you should be in a small group. I really believe that's where we can get genuine and honest with each other. Did you know those things are not there to bring victory in our life? Now, I know that sounds crazy, right? You're like, well, yes, there is victory in the Bible. There is. It's there to make us go to Jesus. Jesus brings victory. Jesus brings victory. When we start thinking that those things are what bring the victory, no, they are something that helps us see Jesus more clearly. The Bible, the Bible's all about Jesus. The Old Testament tells the story of the Savior that's coming. The the Gospels tell about Jesus being here, giving his life for us. The rest of it tells what happens because of his strength and launches the church into the world. The whole Bible should be read thinking of what Jesus has done for us. He's the one that brings victory. They're great training tools, but they are clearly here to help us see Jesus and to connect with him. As I was reading this and just preparing for the the message, I I was thinking about something hit me, and I believe just the Holy Spirit was showing me this. Paul, Paul asked us to set our eyes on Jesus. He asked us to set our eyes on him. And, and uh, if you read some of the different writings of Paul, um, you'll see that he talks a lot about looking to what's ahead, forgetting what's behind, looking to what's ahead. And so in my mind, often, I thought of, of Jesus, and I think we picture this. I don't think I'm the only one that's pictured it like this, but... I think we picture that of like Jesus. Like that we, uh, Austin, could you, you mind helping me for a second? Just come up here with me. I know he asked me if he could be on stage today, and I was like, okay. I mean, I guess you don't get enough time being back behind the drums. Uh, no, I'm just joking. So stand right there. Now, I think you're uh, appropriate, too, because you have a beard. All right. And so it's filling in nicely, too. I said, Yeah, you're welcome. So I just, had, for some reason, had pictured it this way. Right? Because he said, looking to what's ahead, forgetting what's behind. So I think often that when we say, look what's ahead, we think of just Jesus being ahead. And I do, there is going to be a day when we get to go to heaven and we're going to be face to face with Jesus. Amen? Come on, what an eternal promise that we have. But I feel like we see it this way that we're in this race and I'm looking ahead to Jesus. And here I am running the race. So it feels like to me, when I get that picture, I'm by myself. Jesus is way up there. He's at the finish line. He's beckoning me on. Come on, you can do it. But I'm still back here by myself. Paul didn't say that Jesus was way up there. He said there's a hope that's up there. Jesus himself, it said, looked at the joy set before him. 
which his joy set before him, thank God, was us and what he could do for us. But he said, look ahead to the promise. Now, that's an eternal promise, but he didn't say Jesus was up there. So I think maybe you can come here with me. I'm sure you would be a way better runner than me, too, because look at you, look how you're built thin and lean and mean. But uh, so what I think we should have thought about, this is just what God gave me, is that I'm not looking and setting my eyes on Jesus there. I'm looking here beside me. He's with me. We're running together. If we ever run together, you got to give me a head start or just run slow. <laughs> and so it's not Jesus way out there. It's Jesus with me. So I'm looking right here. We're side by side. I believe it's biblical. So we do have a joy set before us because we're going to see him face to face, but his spirit is right there with me. said he would never leave me and he would never forsake me. So as I run, I get to look right here to Jesus. He's right here with me. He's strengthening me and he's giving me hope and peace and I can trust him. Thank you, sir. Amen. Yeah, give, look, come on. Give. It, just opened, it really opened my eyes and I want to share this with you in Matthew chapter 11. Verse 20, 28 through 30, and I want to read it out of the message. And I want you to have that picture in your mind of Jesus being side with, beside us. He said, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. You know, if you've run for any time, you, there, there really is a place you get where, I don't know if I'd call it the runner's high, but it definitely feels different. It's actually more enjoyable. And I, I want to just kind of read this again. I've, I'm inserting some things into from me. So I want you to understand, this is not, I'm not saying this is uh, a new version, the Scotty Haynes version. That's the SHV. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying this is what I imagine Jesus talking to me as. And I can just, I can see this, him saying to me, hey, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Tired of running in the rat race for no reason? Come to me, let's go for a run together and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest and what you're, what you're running for. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Watch my feet, my hands, my head, my breathing. I'll tell you when to stop. I'll tell you when to rest. I'll tell you when to go. I love running with you so that you can learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. I'll show you everything. I'll show you the right gear to wear, the shoes, the shirt, what to eat. I'll show you where to turn, where to walk. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And though it's tough at times, you will learn to enjoy the run that we're on together. I picture it that way because Jesus tells us that he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He's our Savior. He's our everything. I loved running with my friend Paul. He's still one of my best friends. 
we talked about a lot of stuff on those runs. And, you know, they encourage you when you run like that to, to try to run at a pace where you can, you can still talk and have conversation. And so I just think of me and Jesus running together. But it's not just me and him, it's you and him. It's all of us together. And I just got this picture in my mind of running with Jesus. And, and I look over, and there he is with me. And he's sweating because, like, hey, this life isn't easy, right? We run. But he's smiling. He's, he's coaching me. He's encouraging me. Come on, you can do it. This is a tough stretch, but we're going to do this thing together. He uses his word to speak life to me. The Holy Spirit empowers me. Jesus is running right there with me. And I want us to get that picture. You're never alone. He said, come to me. I'm going to show you how to do it. I'm going to show you how to run this race. I'm going to be there with you. We want to start strong. We start with Jesus. We want to stay strong. We stay with Jesus. Practically, what you use the things He's given. You get into the Word of God. You worship. You come together. We actually can't live without these things because they continually point us to a relationship with the Father and that we would catch His heart, we would catch His rhythm, and we'd be who He has asked us to be. And we become so connected in relationship. We become so connected to Jesus as we run with Him. That we look up five, ten years down the road and we're way stronger than what we ever remember. Because He has strengthened us. We've got so focused on the run, so focused enjoying the relationship, we didn't even realize that we're getting stronger in Him and that we're getting more mature in Him. And it didn't come from all of our efforts. It became from just connecting with Jesus because we run with Jesus. Amen? Father, we thank You that you, you are Father. You, the whole thing is about a relationship. This whole journey is about a, about a relationship with you. And, and you desire for all of us, all of us to be in relationship with you. You actually opened up the race. There's not all these things we have to do to get better before we come into the race. We get to start this race, and you teach us the whole way. And what you said is in, in, in Romans 10, 9, you said, If we will confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and we believe in our heart that, that you raised him from the dead, it says we're saved. We come just as we are, God. So no matter what we've done or how bad we think we are, you have said that if we, if we hear this good news and respond by doing those things, we are saved and then we get to start the journey and the run that we were meant to do. So I just want to ask if you're in this place today or you're watching and you've never given your life to Jesus Christ or maybe you have and and you've stepped away and you, and you say, I want to come back to Jesus. I want to surrender my life back to Him. I want to make Him the Lord. I want to run with Him and give everything to Him. If that's you today, I want to give you the opportunity to give your life to Jesus Christ.
that's you, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. He's not even angry with you. He's actually saying, come on. Come on, I made you to be with me. So if you're someone that wants to make a decision for Jesus Christ today, we're going to pray a prayer. And whether you're here or online, you say, I want, to, I want to make that decision. We're going to pray this prayer, and we're going to confess, and we're going to believe. And as we do that, God is going to save you. And I want to ask church that we all would pray this together with those that are making a decision for Jesus Christ. So if you would, would you repeat this after me? Say, Jesus, I love you. I believe you died for me and that you rose again. I confess you as my Savior. Forgive me of all my sins. I choose to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we thank God together this morning? Amen. Listen, if you, if you prayed that prayer today, and it was the first time, or maybe you rededicated your life, we want to help you along this journey. And so what we ask that you would do, too, is you would take that next step to connect with someone. We'll give you some direction on what maybe you can do. We have baptism next week. Maybe you can jump into that. Maybe it's just like you need to get involved in a small group. We want to help you get firmly planted in this relationship with Jesus. So if you're, if you're new to Christ today, you made that decision, you can also text next one to that same number, 94090, and we'll make sure that someone follows up with you and helps give you direction. Listen, it's a big deal. You weren't meant to live this life alone. Get planted and connected into what God has for you. Church, I want to just thank you for your generosity. You know, um, we've been in church staffs for quite a while now and been part of different church communities. And, and uh, I, just, I, just, I know because I've been able to be part of the staff for just a few weeks and see what we're preparing for, uh, for next week, Vision Sunday. But... Thank you for your generosity. It's obvious that you are generous people. And we want to thank you for the way that you give and you support what's happening here. And just remind you that, you're, that what you give and, and what you sow into this church is being used for God's glory. There's many ways you can give. I'm sure you know those ways probably better than I do. But I just want you to know that we are so thankful for what you do and how you support what God is doing. Amen.